And while we are in uh, the book of James, and uh, actually we're going to be finishing—I can't even say that word—we're going to be finishing uh, chapter one today. Uh, but I do want to make sure that we understand what today's message is about. Today's message is about spiritual maturity, and some people think that that uh, spiritual uh, maturity it comes by you know what by listening to the word or by coming to church, or maybe memorizing some verses. You know, some of us think that, you know what, you hear some people talk, and you think to themselves, wow, they sound spiritually mature. They sound like they've been walking with the Lord. They sound like, you know what, like, that they're fully grown in the Lord. But I want you to know one thing, that that's not what spiritual maturity is about. Spiritual maturity is about doing God's Word. And this is what we're going to hear today. It is about doing God's word. And what's so amazing and what's so awesome is that we can come to church, right? And when people come to church, what do we hear? We hear God's word. It is so important for us to hear God's word. And when we come, he speaks and we listen, right? That's why we read the word. That's why we go through the word. Because we want to hear what he has to say. But see, it doesn't end there and it doesn't stop there. Because it is God's desire that when we, that when we would walk out of this place... That we would be practicing, doing what we heard. See, God speaks to us, right? And His Word is alive. And when you come to church, you know, He's speaking to you. It's not me that's speaking to you. He just uses me as an instrument to speak forth what He has to share with you. And He expects you to walk out of this place and begin to practice that. See, many will come to church, right? And many will come and hear the word of God. And many will say, you know what? God's word spoke to me. But they leave and they don't practice it. You know, it pierces, right? And it pierces for this minute, for these minutes, for these 45 minutes, for this hour, whatever it may be. But after that, you don't practice it. You don't do what God has asked you to do. And we know that some people come into church, right? They're preoccupied. People are preoccupied with, with, you know, with their problems or with worldly cares or, or with their plans for today, right? And they miss out on what God has to share with you. See, God has a message today and He wants us to listen closely to what He has to say. He doesn't want His message to go in one ear and out the other. It's not His desire that it would do that. His desire that is that it would, be, it, would, it would land in your heart and it would take deep root in your heart. And how does that happen when you begin to meditate on it? When you begin to think about it? When you begin to chew on it? And you allow it to take life within your, within your heart and then you begin to practice it. I want to begin to read now in verse 21 of James chapter 1. It says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, last week we covered verse 21. And today I want to begin to expound on verse 22. Doers. This is our first discussion here, doers. When it comes to, to the verses we're going over. When we think about doers, right, we know that there's uh, the doers and then there's uh, do-nots, right? 
And I've been talking about that, right? As I, I've given you the introduction, it's about doing God's word. And we know that many do not do the word of God, do not do the things that they hear. Which are you? Are you a doer or you are a do not? You know, when we think about this, right, I want to give you an illustration, an example, so that you can begin to understand what we're talking about here. Many of us have kids, right? I think many of us that are in here have kids. Do I see a shake of heads? Yes, right? We have kids. And what happens when you give your kids a chore? The next thing you do is you gave them the chore, right? And, and then you ask them. You know, you, you, you gave them the chore and about 10 minutes later or half an hour later, you go to them and you ask them, did you do the chore? And what do they say? You know what? They start giving you excuses, right? Oh, you know what? I, I was doing this and I got caught up with this or my brother said this or I had to do that and, and then I'm going to do it. Or some of, you may, some of them may say to you, what chore? And then you say, I just asked you to do something. You did? I didn't hear you. See, we get that all the time, don't we? Sometimes they say, you say, did you do that? And then they say, do what? And then you get frustrated and you say, didn't you hear what I said? See, when we think about the word of God, may this not be any of us. See, because this can happen to us, right? You know what? Making excuses as to why we won't do what God has asked us to do. Or we close our ears and we don't hear what God has to share with us. See, mature people, I want you to know that spiritually mature people will do as God has asked you to do. And I want to begin, I want to begin here to remind you of something that is so important in God's word. And these are the words of the Lord. And he says it in John chapter 14, verse 15. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. I do want to share this with you because this is an important point to make here. We are not saved by the works that we do or by keeping the commandments. You and I are not saved by that. You and I are saved by grace through faith in Jesus, God, in Jesus Christ. And that is a gift of God. It is not of works that any of us should boast in. See, it is important to understand that, you know what, that we are saved by grace through faith. There's nothing in you that is good to save yourself. And it only comes through faith, through faith in Him. But see, the evidence of your faith will be displayed in the things that you do. See, some people say, you know what, I came to the faith, you know what, I surrendered myself to Christ but yet they live the same life that they've always lived. There's no transformation that has gone on within their life. And if that's the case, then you really need to question whether it was true surrender or not. See, the evidence of our faith will display a changed life. See, it validates the one that we serve. And it validates our love for the one that we serve. The word of God says not to be hearers only. Think about that. 
Not to be hearers only is what it says there. That's what we read. I remember when I was growing up. And I would go to church and I would hear a five minute or less sermon, right? I think many of you know what I'm talking about. We would only hear no more than five minutes of God's word. And you know what? As I heard it, right? You know what? I thought to myself, you know what? These things sound pretty good. They sound good, right? But what would I do after church? You know what? I'd go home and either watch a game, right? And I, or there'd be a party going on or a barbecue going on. And what would I do? I'd go over there and drink and party and have a great time, right? You know, this is the way I used to live. This is the way I used to be. See, but what happened when I surrendered myself to the Lord? When I became a believer, a Christian, you know what? I began to listen to the Word of God. But see, I wasn't only listening to the Word of God. I began to take steps to live it out. See, I began to take steps to live it out, to practice the things that I heard. And believe me, we have all these things that we are listening to, right? How many of us know that we have several voices that speak to us? See, we know that there are several voices. And I'm not saying you hear an audible voice. I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm talking about an impression that's either in your heart or in your mind. And you hear these things. And these things are asking you to either obey or disobey the Lord. To obey or disobey the things that you have heard, the things that you have taught, the things that God, the, the Lord has spoken to you about. See, these other things or other, other people that I'm talking about is your flesh, the world, or the devil himself. And one thing to, remi- to be reminded of is that each one of these are great deceivers. And this is what James says there. He's saying, you know what? If you're a doer of the word and not a hearer, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but be a doer of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. You know what? When you are deceived is when you are only a hearer of the word. See, what does it mean to be deceived? When we look at this, right, what does it mean to be deceived? It means to be misled. It means to be misled. When you don't do the word of God, when you're only hearing it. See, none of us want to be misled, right? All of us desire to walk in truth. But we have these people and these things that deceive us. These voices, these things that grab onto us and they want our heart. See, in Luke 6, verse 6, you don't need to turn there. I want to, sh- I want to share this scripture to you. It says, why do you call me Lord and not do as I say? See, how many of us have, you know what? How many of us have given ourselves to the Lord and yet we don't do as he says? See, when we surrendered ourselves to the Lord, right? You gave your life to him, right? And and you proclaimed the Lord, which was in your prayer that you gave that you are now my Lord, You are my master, me. That's what that means. That you are to do as he says. And if we are to do as a master says, then we are to do as his word says. 
The problem is, is that we're deceiving ourselves, right? When we don't do as he says. And we think that by hearing it, that we're okay. See, that isn't what the Lord wants from us. See, we really got to think to ourselves, have I truly surrendered my heart? If I'm not doing as the master says? Or, you know what? Maybe somebody else is now ruling your heart, right? Maybe you walked away from the Lord and you've allowed somebody else to begin to rule your heart because now you're not doing what your master says, what the Lord says, what Jesus Christ says, but you're doing what someone else is saying. See, the Lord tells us to stop living as children, right? It isn't God's desire that we would be children. He wants us to be mature believers. See, He saved you, not just only to save you, but to mature you so that you can be an evidence of His power so that others can see you and want what you have to bring others to the faith. See, I think, and you know what, I remember, you know, as my kids, I mean, my kids are now 15 and 13 and 11. And now that I had Selah, I'm reminded of how disobedient kids are. Without having to teach them, right? You know what, I forgot about that, right? When I was raising my kids, I mean, they grow up and then you, you know, as they do what you say, you tend to forget, you know what? Kids are disobedient. There are so many things that Selah does that she's not supposed to be doing. And I'm like, who taught her how to do these things? There's no one that taught her. It's just her sinful nature. See, these are the things that, that, that we are, right? We're just sinners by nature. And it isn't until I teach Selah not to do things and have to repeat it over and over and over again for her to finally stop. It's so funny, and this one you'll get a kick out of. I was sharing it, I forget with who, just a couple, a few days ago. One of the things with Selah, when, about three or four months ago, you know what, all of a sudden she just, she would put her finger in her nose and she'd be picking her nose, right? And that's good, she's still young enough not to, under, not to hear me or not to understand what I'm saying. But one thing about Selah is I kept telling her, no, don't pick your nose. No, no, no. And the more I told her no, the more she would what? Pick her nose. And then every time I, she kept hearing me say no, guess what she'd be doing? She'd grab her little finger and put it up her nose. And why? See, because by nature, we're just sinners, right? We're just disobedient. See, and the Lord says, you know, as I speak... As you hear my word, I want you to do it. Don't let me keep repeating it over and over and over again for you to finally get it. He says, grow up and begin to do as I, as I have told you to do. See, you and I have a choice, right? You and I have a choice to either be a doer or a hearer. And I think everyone is here because we all want to be doers, right? Every single one of us wants to be a doer of the word. And so as doers, know one thing that you're going to have great blessings when you do the word of God. And if you're only a hearer of the word, understand this, because there are some hearers only in this place. When you are a hearer only, you are deceiving yourself. 
thinking that, you know what, just by coming to church and showing yourself to be here and, and listening to the word of God that you're good and you're in right standing with the Lord. You're being deceived. Churches are filled with hearers only. There's no true repentance, even though they raised their hand, even though they said, Lord, I invite you in and I make you my Lord and my master. That they haven't truly done this. See, they become hearers only because they live and they practice sin. And God is reminding us today to do as he says. Let's read in verse 23. It says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He's talking here about those that are hearers only. Those that are not doers of what God has shared with us. See, he wants to give us a picture here. A reminder of what a hearer does. Who here has mirrors in their homes? I think we all have mirrors, right? I don't think there is not one home that doesn't have a mirror. And I'm going to share something with you. And I know this is a little embarrassing, but oh, wow. I remember when I was younger. When I was younger, you know what? I would spend a lot of time in the mirror. And I would have to have, well, when I had hair, okay? But when, when I had all my hair, and some of you have seen pictures of that, I had to make sure that every single hair that I had was in place. Every single hair. And I'm not talking about, you know, a few hairs. Every hair had to be perfect. And sometimes I get out of that mirror, and I'd be dizzy because I'd be looking so much at my hair. I would spend, you know, close to a half hour doing that. That's, this is a man talking here, right? Women, you guys are, it's acceptable. It's accepted for you guys, to, for you girls to spend hours in the mirror. But for a man, it's a little embarrassing. But like I said, oh, well. But that's what I did. See, mirrors are used to examine yourselves. That's why we use mirrors, right? We want to look at ourselves. We want to make sure that everything is well. And that's what a mirror is used for. See, the word of God is a mirror. And this is what James is trying to tell us. That the word of God is a mirror. And it is used to examine your life. God wants you to examine your life through the word of God. See, in the past... And in the day of the Lord and prior to the Lord's arrival, they didn't really have mirrors. You know what they used as a mirror? They would use bronze and they would polish it so good that it would be so clear. And if you were rich, guess what they would use? Gold. Imagine that. Gold to polish it so that you can see who you are and what you look like. And people would examine themselves. See, a hearer only, a hearer only of the word of God, remember, it's not a doer, a hearer only examines himself. And he goes away and he forgets everything that he saw. That's a hearer only. And what does that mean? 
See, if the word of God is a mirror, how quickly do we forget what we heard? This is what James is trying to tell us. See, because we forget it because we don't do it. See, the word of God, what it points to and what it tells us, if I turn to Romans chapter 10, and you can turn there. We're going to read a few verses. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 3, verse 10. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. Says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. See, the word of God is revealing to us that there is not one of us that is good. Not one of you are good. Every single one of us is unrighteous. Every single one of us is bad. If we examine our hearts, we will be true to ourselves to realize that we are sinners and far from God. See, when I go to Hebrews chapter 4, you don't need to turn there because I'm going to read you one verse. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I'm going to read one more. It says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. What he's trying to say here is that the word of God will pierce your heart. It will reveal your wickedness if you allow it to, if you will use or you will allow the word of God to be a mirror, to show you how evil and wicked you are. It pierces. You know, when I became a believer, I'm going to share this with you. When I heard the word of God, I examined my life. And you know what I began to do? I allowed it to pierce me. And I allowed it to speak to me. And I allowed it to reveal my sinful pleasures, my, my, the, fle- the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I was allowing the word of God to penetrate within my heart. And my wife is a witness to this. For two years straight, when I was hearing the word of God, you know what I was doing? I was crying. I was crying because I was allowing the word of God to penetrate within my heart. I just wasn't hearing it. Many of us can hear it, right? But I was allowing it to speak to me. I was allowing it to pierce me. I was allowing it to just examine my heart. It was separating that which was so closely knit, which was my flesh. And I was mourning. See, the things that I used to brag about, the things that I would tell my friends all the time, and I boasted about the sin that I used to do. I was now mourning for it. I was now in remorse about it. I'm going to read to you from James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. He goes on to say, cleanse your hands, you sinners. He's talking to believers here. He's not talking to just 
any, uh, to a non-believer, he is talking to a believer here. He's saying, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He's talking about the one that is in the world and one that is in Christ. You can't be double-minded and please the Lord. That's when He's going to say, why do you call me Lord and not do the things that I say? He says, lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. This is who we are. If you allow the Word of God to penetrate in your hearts, you will no longer be laughing, but you will be mourning. You will be allowing it to take deep root within your heart and you will be living out the words that God is speaking to you today. This is being a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. It is God's desire that we would be doers. Let me share this with you. In Isaiah, Isaiah 6, verse 5. Do you know when, the, when Isaiah saw his heart, when God revealed his heart, when Isaiah saw the Lord in the, on the throne room and he heard him and saw him, you know what he said? Woe is me. He already believed the Lord. He already had a relationship with the Lord. But he said, woe is me. As a believer, he was saying, woe is me. Do you ever say, woe is me? Or are you prideful and walking around, hey man, you know what, I'm a believer now. I'm cool and you know what, I'm right with the Lord. You know what, if you examine your heart, you will see that you are still wicked. And it is God's, God's desire that we would examine ourselves and we would say, woe is me. Isaiah said, I am a man of unclean lips. You know what Job said? He knew the Lord. He spoke to the Lord. He had a relationship with the Lord. And you know what Job said? When, he, when the Lord spoke to him, he said, you know what? I hate myself. I must repent. See, some of us think that we've arrived because we've come to the Lord. But we're still wicked. We're still sinners. And God wants us to have a perspective of this as we walk with Him. You know, I love this story. And turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 7. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 7, in verse 36, we are given an account of a woman, of a woman who is a sinful woman. And she knows that Jesus is there. She knows that Jesus isn't far from her. And you know what she does? Let's read in verse 36. It says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city was a, who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Isn't this us so quickly to judge? 
I mean, don't we do this all the time? And this Pharisee, as he is judging her and saying, you know what? If God really knew who she was, he wouldn't even want her touching him. And verse 40 says, And Jesus answered and said to, si- to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one of them will love me more? You know what? Someone owed him. You know what? Uh, uh, a little bit of money and, some of them, and one of them owed them a lot of money. And Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom, forg- whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with her fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. If you know what God has done in your life, you will love him more. See, what he's trying to teach us here, if you truly examine your heart and if you allow the word of God to reveal how sinful you are, and to know that God has forgiven you much, you will love him much. And in loving him much, it will drive you to do as his word says. You become a doer when you know that you have been forgiven much. I never understood why I was crying for two years. I knew that God was working in me. I had no idea what it all meant. Not until I began to read the word of God. Knowing that because I was forgiven much, I was becoming a doer of the word. See, my life was radically transformed. Yes, I took steps getting better and better and sinning less. I still fall. I still fall short, but I didn't return back to the filth that I used to do. I stopped it completely. And that was a word, the, the, the power of God that I knew that he was real because I wasn't having the desires to do what I used to do before. See, we're like the sinful woman. He wants us to be like her, to know that you are forgiven much. See, this is God's grace. I want to share this with you. God's grace, we know that God's grace is getting something that we don't deserve. We don't deserve his favor. We don't deserve his love. But he gives it freely. He gives forgiveness. He gives redemption. He restores you. He gives you eternal life. He, he, he brings you into fellowship with the Heavenly Father. He provides for you. He guides you. He protects you. He keeps you the enemy from snatching you away. If we all understood this, then we wouldn't be hearers only, but we would be doers of the word. Many of you live secret lives. I'll be honest with you. I know this for a fact. You at church are godly. You at church are behaving appropriately. But in your homes, you are not. Behind closed doors, you are living in sin. And God says, stop. 
Stop practicing sin. Stop being a hearer only, but be a doer. I want to read to you from Psalm 139. In Psalm 139. In Psalm 139, verse 23, it says, Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. This is the Lord. This is what he wants from us. Examine our hearts. Allow our hearts to be open and surrender to him. And if it is, his grace and his love will move you into becoming a doer of the word. Going back to James. In James 1, let's keep reading the verses. It says, in verse 25, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. It says there, and it talks about he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. What is this perfect law of freedom? What is it? We know that the law, we know that the law tells us what to do and what we shouldn't do. The law tells us what's right and what's wrong. And one thing that we know is that we have the freedom, right, to do as we wish. You know, God has given you the freedom. He's not, he's not right behind you and He's not, you know, strong-arming you into doing what God wants you to do. He's not forcing you into obey, obeying the Word of God. But one thing that we know, that if you obey the God, Word of God, you know what that does? It sets you free. This is what He's talking about. You will be set free when you obey the word of God. Your chains that you have in sin will be unshackled. They will be broken off when you become a doer of the word of God. If we go to the gospel of John. In the gospel of John, the Lord talks about his word. And he talks about how the truth will set you free. In verse 31 of John chapter 8, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, these were believers, If you abide in my word, in other words, if you live in me, if you abide in what I say, if you do what I say, you are my disciples indeed. He says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In other words, when you do the word of God, you know the truth and the truth sets you free. You have freedom when you do the word of God. Isn't that amazing? Because many people think that when you do the word of God, you're forced into doing it. But when you willfully do the word of God, you are exercising freedom and you will be free indeed. This is what's so amazing about the word of God. The word of God is alive. And the word of God wants to make you free. And as the word of God shares here in James chapter 1, he says, if you are a doer of the word, it brings blessings. Do you read that? 
You know what? It's not being a hearer of the word. Many people say, I come to church, I heard the word of God. You know what? I'm blessed and you go out and sin. What good is that? God isn't saying that you're going to be blessed when you hear the word of God. He's saying here that when you do the word of God, he's saying this one will be blessed. Who wants to have the blessings of God upon your life? I think we all do, right? Then start doing it. Start doing the word of God. And then verse 26 goes on to say, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but, de- but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. You know, when we think about religion, many of us, when we think about religion, right, it's always the do's and the don'ts, right? You and I have been given, I've, I was brought up in religion And religion told me that, you know what? The only way that I'm going to be saved is if I do this and do this and do this and do this. And if you don't do this, then you're not going to be saved. That's religion. Religion is trying to reach up to God, right? By the things that you do. But in Christianity, understand this. In Christianity, it's about allowing God to reach down to you. And having a relationship with Him. That's what Christianity is. It's about having a relationship with the Lord. What He means here by religion. It means that you are practicing your beliefs. You are being a doer of the word. This is what He's talking about. Living out God's word. And if you live it out. This is what He's saying. This is what He's doing. This is what He's talking about. And the first thing He mentions. When it comes To this, to being a doer of the word, he talks about the tongue. How many of us know the tongue so well? How many of our tongues speak profanity? How many of our tongues speak lies? How many of our tongues talk slanderous remarks? How many of our tongues gossip about other people? What does this reveal about you? You're not a doer of the word. See, when people know if we're Christians or not, right? It's by the things that you say. A lot of times people see what you do, right? But they also, you know what? They're listening to you. And this gives them an idea whether you are a believer or not. And this is why James talks about this here. Because he's saying if you are a doer of the word, then guess what? Your tongue should mirror What you believe in your heart. See, when we think about our tongue, our tongue should be seasoned with salt, shouldn't it? Our tongue should be speaking truth. Our tongue should be speaking goodness. Our tongue should be speaking love. Our tongue should be exhorting and building up people, not tearing them down. This reveals who you are in the Lord. And in verse 27, it says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Many people take this to be literal here, right? In regards to actually visiting orphans and widows. But what James is truly talking about He's talking about being a doer of the word. 
doing what he says. See, our actions reveal who we are. That's pure and unspotted religion. That's pure and unspotted. Doing the word. Practicing the word. You know, as we think about this, right? I want you to know one thing. I went to the doctor about in November. And the doctor examined me, right? And he had already given me a warning a year ago. A year from November. He says, you know what? Your cholesterol is getting out of control. And he said, you know what? I want you to start exercising and I want you to start eating better. A year from last November, I just heard him and I said, you know what, I'm young, I'm still fine. My cholesterol will go away. I'll just, before I go to the doctor, I'll just make sure I don't eat burgers or fries or fried food, right? Don't we think that way, right? We think, you know what, we're going we're gonna to eat better before we get that exam, right? Before they pull the blood out and, and check it out. And so that's what I thought. And so I went again. I didn't eat, and I, I did well. And I went to get examined, and bam, he tells me, you know what? Your cholesterol's out of whack. It's getting worse. And so I, he said, and he reminded me, he, did, he wrote down the same thing, exercise and eat better. And so this time I took it to heart. And I said, you know what? I am going to eat better, and I am going to exercise I want to share this with you. The Lord is the great physician. And his word examines us. It is that mirror. And his word is telling us, do as I say. It's important for us to understand this teaching, to understand what the Lord is asking of us. If we do as he says... We know that it is evidence of our faith. Pure and unspotted religion. Doing what he says. You know, visiting orphans. You know, as it says, widows. You know, doing all these things that reflect, you know what, conduct. Conduct that reveals who he is. But he also says here, to keep yourself unspotted from the world. See, keeping ourselves unspotted from the world, that's a difficult thing, right? Because the world pressures you so much. The world is just pushing you into doing and doing what it says, wanting the things that the world promotes. We know this. We live in it. But see, what we see today is what was seen back then. Nothing has changed. The world is wicked Man hasn't changed, right? We're wicked. From, you know what? We were, we, we, we were, we're naturally born in sin because of what Adam did. Just like Selah, she's only a few months old. I don't have to teach her to do bad. She does it. That's an example for us to understand that we are in sin. And the world that we live in loves sin. But I do want to remind you of this. Jesus walked in this world for 33 years. And in those 33 years, we know that the word of God says that he was without blemish and without spot. He wasn't spotted by the world. See, this is what God wants from us. 
even though we live in this world, his desire is that we wouldn't be polluted by this world. See, pure and undefiled religion is a matter of conduct and of character. This is going to be the evidence of your faith. This is going to talk about your spiritual maturity. And you know what? As I've been sharing with all of you about doing, I can't stop with that because I need to finish with one thing. See, it's so easy to ask you all to do as God's word says, right? It's so easy, right? I could say to all of you, you know what? Do as his word says. And all of you guys are saying, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you know what? I want to do it. But when you leave these doors, I'm not here or the Lord isn't there to tell you verb, uh, audibly to do his word. And then we know that our flesh, we have cravings, right? Each one of us have cravings to sin. And so we disobey. But see, for us as believers, even though we have cravings, it doesn't give you the green light to sin. See, we choose not to sin, right? But how do we do this? How is it that you and I will not fall into this deception of our flesh, of the world, of Satan, by just being hearers? The answer is simple. You know what the answer is? It is the power of God. See, the answer is so simple, but we tend to lose its, lose its significance. See, when I read to you in John, and turn there, I read to you earlier from John chapter 14, and I want us to go back to chapter 14. In John chapter 14, I read to you the first verse in verse 15. It says, if you leave me, I mean, if you leave me, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? I stopped there. That was what I first told you when we first started the message. But I want to go on to read to you something that is so important. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Why is it that the Lord connected these two together? See, because he's asking you to do as he says. Right? He's asking you to keep my commandments if you love me. But he knows that you can't do it in your flesh. He knows that you can't love him. He knows that you can't do as he says. And this is why he says, I will give you a helper. And this helper that I will give you is the Spirit of God. See, in us, there is a battle going on. Either you yield to the flesh or you yield to the Spirit. Galatians 5 talks about this, that there is a war going on in us. And who are you going to yield to? Are you going to yield to the power of God? In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he he tells the believers there, he tells the disciples, he says, go to this place. And when the Spirit of God comes upon you, 
He will give you power. Dunamis power, that is dynamic power. That is amazing power. The thing here is that you need to yield to it. We need to yield to it. That's all we have to do. It's in us. The helper is in us. The power is in us to live lives and to do the word of God. But who do you yield to? Do you yield to that other voice, your flesh? Do you yield to the world? Do you yield to Satan? These voices are at you day in and day out. But who are you going to yield to? I'm going to close with this final verse and I'm going to read it to you. It's from Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. He will resurrect your bodies. He will resurrect your spirit. He will resurrect you into being doers of the Word. He will give you life and He will give you power. We are dead to this until the Spirit of God comes to live and to dwell and to come upon you. It's easy. Just yield to the Spirit and we will walk in maturity. As His Word says, it is not by power, it is not by your power, by your might, it is by His Spirit that these things can be done. You and I can be a doer of the word if we yield to the power of God, which is his spirit. And with that, we will close. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your exhortation today, Lord, to be doers of the word, Lord, hearers and not hearers only, Lord. If we are hearers, your word says we are deceiving ourselves. Maybe many of us thought that just by hearing the word of God, we would be saved. Or by coming to church that we would be saved. But this isn't what it is, Lord. It is by faith, Lord. And when we walk in faith, the evidence of our faith is doing the word of God. Let us not be deceived into thinking the lies of the enemy, the lies of our flesh, the lies of the world. But empower us by your spirit. Enable us, Lord, by your spirit. Holy Spirit, we call upon you to enable all of us to live lives that are pleasing to our Lord and our Master. We know that many here have been deceived. We know that many here aren't living lives that are pleasing to God. Many here that are hearers only. And today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of surrender. Today is a day to make it right with the Lord. Don't be deceived. Make your life right with Him. Yield to the Spirit. But before this can happen, you need to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. As He says, as He said in His Word, you know what? Wash your hands, you sinners. Repent. Repent. If there's anyone here that wants to make themselves right with the Lord. Anyone here that has been walking in sin or, or maybe never gave themselves to the Lord. This, op this opportunity is always given to you now. 
to come to the Lord in faith. For those that want to do this, raise your hand and we will pray for you. Amen. 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 Anyone else? Amen. 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 I know there's more. Anyone else? Stop being deceived. Stop being a hearer only, but be a doer. And you can only do if you have the power of God living in you. And the only way for the power of God to live in you is if you come to him in faith, if you truly surrender your life to him. Anyone else before we close? Anyone else before we close? Anyone else? Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? Lord Jesus, you saw all these hands that went up, Lord. And I want all these that raised their hand to repeat these words after me. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm like that sinful woman, Lord. And I want to ask your forgiveness. I want you to become my Lord and my master. And I want to do as you say, not as I want, but as you want. Come into my heart. Enable me, empower me by your spirit to live a life that is pleasing to you. I love you. And I want to be a doer of the word. I want to be blessed. And I want to have a perfect relationship with you. I love you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.